Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's been the fastest-growing county for years now. Maricopa County, in the heart of Arizona, has almost 4.6 million residents. And while it feels like downtown Phoenix has become one big construction zone, the homelessness population has also grown. A homeless encampment known as The Zone, just southeast of the Capitol building, has garnered attention nationally. Over 1,000 people have set up tents there, and a judge has ordered it to be cleared out by this Friday, giving those who live there very limited time to plan. Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. This week, we're looking into the city's largest homeless encampment, the legal battles behind it, and how it's being cleared without much direction on where to put the people who live there. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. And I'm Mary Jo Pitzel. I cover state politics and policy. Here to talk about the zone is Helen Rummel. She covers housing insecurity and homelessness for the Arizona Republic. Helen, welcome to The Gaggle for your first time on the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Let's start with some background. How long has the zone been an issue for Phoenix, and how long did Judge Scott Blaney give the city to clear it out? Yeah, so the zone has been an issue far longer than the lawsuit first came around to address the area. So the zone, as I've spoken to people there, many people have lived in the area for around four years or even longer than that. But the actual congregation of people that we now call the zone definitely accumulated more so closer to the pandemic um, as there was a huge increase in homelessness in the area. And it became referred to as the zone. And more recently, the population has spiked to around 1,000 people just as recently as last summer. And in the lawsuit that was brought of August of last year by local business owners and residents that claimed that the area had become a public nuisance, Judge Scott Blaney took a look at the zone and decided that the city needed to clean it up. They gave the city uh, an order in May of this year. They started to clean it up initially. And when the final order came through, they had just six weeks to clear it up, which will be this Friday. So the thought was with that kind of timeline, the city could clear about two blocks each week. Is that what ended up happening? And how close is Phoenix to fully clearing out that area with only a few days left on that deadline? Yeah, so the city had been clearing out the area block by block with a block around every two to three weeks, which did put them pretty behind schedule up until recently. They did ramp up their efforts within the last two months or so. And so as a result, there have been a clearing every week, sometimes twice a week. And so that does put us with around two blocks left to be cleared. And it is anticipated that the city will reach that deadline or will be very, very close within that deadline. What happens if that deadline comes and there's still some people camping there? 
So what I have heard from the plaintiffs is that they want to be reasonable and make sure that the city is given the time that they need and they will work with the city if they feel that they are working in good faith with the order. And it does appear that the city is working quickly and people are leaving. I will note, though, that in most recent counts of people living in the area, there has only been a slight decrease over the last couple of weeks. The population currently of people living in and near the zone is around 400 people still, but that does include people living um, in neighboring areas that may not be considered within the jurisdiction that we're talking about. Helen, I want to shift gears from what the city's obligations are to the people who are personally affected by this. These people have been living on the streets because presumably they don't have anywhere else to go. Now that the city's clearing the encampment, where have they gone? Mm -hmm. And that's a really good question. So obviously the people that are impacted most by all of this are the people who have been living in the zone with few to no options available to them. And what has been offered to them is the city is offering congregate shelter spaces. So that is a a bed um, in a large room with many people, which some people, you know, cannot or unwilling to take for a number of reasons. They could be dealing with a lot of PTSD. They could be dealing with their own personal stresses of being in that kind of environment 24-7. A lot of shelters do not offer the ability for people to stay with their partners or their pets. And so for those reasons, they do not want to go to those shelters. But the city has been offering beds in the Washington Street Shelter run by St. Vincent de Paul, Central Arizona Shelter Services, as well as just various hotel rooms and other options for people as they see fit. And they do offer a space for them to go to every time that the block has been cleared. But like I said, not everyone you know, is able to take those spaces for those reasons. And they also attempt to move people from those places. Obviously, people can't stay in a congregate shelter for an extremely long period of time, but the goal is to move them from those shelters to a longer-term housing solution. It is unclear as to how often that is happening right now as their data is still you know, being compilated on how long people are in those shelters for and where they're going after that. But the hopes is that they do see long-term shelter. We just haven't seen data to prove that yet. So let's talk about long-term shelter just a bit more. You've noted bed space being scarce and people not being able to take resources, even if they were willing to accept them. What is the city doing to build more shelters? How much of this population do they think they can adequately house in the near term? Mm -hmm. So right now, the city has built or opened fewer shelters this year than they did last year. Last year, there were four more beds that were opened up and available to them. And in the past, Phoenix has actually seen a slight decrease of shelter beds. Right now, they have been working in the meantime to open up temporary solutions. Um, They have opened up around 160 hotel rooms that will be available here in the coming weeks for people as, like you said, another temporary solution to move people toward long-term housing. In terms of something that is a little bit more consistent and will fill the needs of these people better, there hasn't been any huge projects that have been unveiled, but that is definitely something that we will be looking to in the future as a way to alleviate the current homelessness crisis in Phoenix. So looking at this on the national stage, what can other cities that have homeless encampments learn from Phoenix's experience with the zone? For example, is it possible to eradicate these areas and house everyone? Or is some kind of control more feasible? Yeah, and a big component of that are the two lawsuits that we're working with here with the zone. So one is the one I was talking about previously, which was brought by the 
neighboring businesses and tenants who claim that the area is a public nuisance. And then the other is a competing lawsuit that was brought by the ACLU that says that people have a right to sleep on the streets essentially when there is no alternative shelter available to them. And so those lawsuits are both playing out here in Phoenix. One is a federal lawsuit and one is a state lawsuit. So the ACLU lawsuit is based upon legal precedent set in another case called Grants Pass. And the Grants Pass case could be taken up by the Supreme Court and they could decide that cities should be given more power to remove encampments and more power to prohibit people from sleeping on the streets. And so that'll be something that could have a huge implication for cities going forward if the Supreme Court does decide to take that up and make any changes to the precedent that is taking place here in Phoenix. To be clear, that is the the federal case uh, that is based on the, the case in Oregon, and that impacts the case brought by the ACLU here in Phoenix. Helen, what has Phoenix done to ensure this large tent city doesn't get built again. How many long-term solutions have been in place already? So right now, Phoenix is under an order to ensure that no urban camping takes place in the area, and that is within the decision from Judge Blaney. But going forward, it will be really important for them to work with the partners um, in that area. The zone is built around the Human Services Campus, which is a congregation of around 15 nonprofits who are partnered together in that area to serve people experiencing homelessness. It's very large, has around 13 acres of space for these people. And so it will be important for the city to work with the communities there to ensure that there is not camping popping up in the future. But it will be a very difficult task considering for how long people have lived in the area for and that they do rely on the Human Services Campus for a multitude of resources, including food, obviously shelter, medical resources, access to IDs. And there will definitely need to be a long-term partnership between those organizations and the city. So going forward, this seems to be a lot of a Phoenix problem. How much is the city working on this? You know, What kind of resources is it demanding of the city and how much are they providing? The most recent development, I think, has been the structured campground that the city council has worked to place within a couple blocks of the zone. So this structured campground was something that the city council discussed at length and ultimately decided to move forward on. They heard a lot from their constituents as well as the people in the zone that it would be affecting. And while they did say that they wanted to see a lot more of a long-term solution brought, that this was still something that could mediate the immediate effects of the shutdown of the zone. And so they have put forward a fair amount of monetary resources as well as time and making sure that it gets open immediately because they have definitely expedited the opening of that structured campground in result of the deadline that they're facing. And how is that going over politically? I mean, as there, we don't have an election this year, but is there pushback on some of the council members for what has happened or not happened down at the zone? I mean, I I have seen some pushback from people who are saying that this is a huge problem facing the city and that there hasn't been a ton of movement on this situation. The lawsuit definitely put pressure on everyone involved to address the situation much faster than it had been in the past. But there were obviously negative consequences to that as well. A lot of these people were moved very quickly and had to change their lives completely in a matter of weeks. Um, And so I have seen both the complaint that the city had been ignoring this for far too long and is kind of acting in response of the lawsuit. Um, And I've also heard the complaint that 
it's just happening on a timeline that is far too fast, but that is also something that is a bit out of their control as of now. The city used $5.4 million of grant funding from the Arizona Department of Housing to acquire that property and to rezone it and have it uh, set up in a different way for them to live in. So, Helen, with the court ruling and the pending deadline, is it reasonable to expect that the zone will never repopulate? I mean, there's a lot down there in terms of the human services that will attract campers. How is this going to affect people on a longer-term basis? Yeah, I think um, it, it will be important to note that even when there are no more people that are camped out outside of the human services campus, people will still be facing the impact of the displacement pretty severely. Like I said before, people have been living there for many years for a lot of them, and they had created communities. A lot of them were there to support one another, to keep one another safe to a certain extent. And so without that, people are going to lose contact with close friends. They're going to be further away, possibly from resources. And so that'll be something that both the service providers as well as people experiencing homelessness are going to have to navigate going forward. And it'll definitely be something that we keep an eye on. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Helen, to talk about this really important topic. It's good to have you on the gaggle, finally. Um, If people want to keep up with your work, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, thanks. So you can find me on X at Helen Rummel, H-E-L-E-N-R-U-M-M-E-L. That is it for this week, Gaggle listeners. Do you have questions about today's episode or topics you'd like us to cover on the show in the future? Send us a message at 602-444-0804 or a voice memo to thegaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's all one word, all spelled out. This episode was edited and produced by Amanda Luberto. Script writing and research by Amanda Luberto. News direction from Kathy Tulamello. And our music comes from Universal Production Music. Never miss an episode of The Gaggle by subscribing to us wherever you listen. If you learned something new today, be sure to share this episode with a friend. You can also leave us a review and rate us five stars. You can follow The Gaggle on social media at AZC Podcasts. I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H A N. S-E-N. And I'm at Mary J. Pitzel, that's P-I-T-Z-L. The Gaggle is an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com production. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.